Well, good morning, Mark. Good morning, morning for you, not morning for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guten Abend to you. Guten Morgen to me. This might be our earliest recording, America time at five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, how you doing there, buddy? You know, um, I'm I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I got to I got to woke, wake up to some really really cool news. Uh, it's definitely okay. going to date this recording, but I, I woke up to find out that our illustrious Denver Nuggets have won the NBA championship. Yes, they like, have. How cool is that? That is um, really cool. I, That's super cool. It, it just it reminded me like this is the first time I think I've been excited about basketball since I was in grade school. In in school they always have all these really cool assemblies and 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 I don't especially if you were in yours and my generation, you'd always have people come in and like, hey, this is the jump rope for heart people that, that are gonna sit here and you're just gonna jump rope all day in gym oh, class man. and you're just gonna get all your energy out, right? Or <laughs> the fucking yo yo people. Yeah. The yo yo people, people yeah. always showed up, right? Um, mm-hmm, but I had mm-hmm. this really, really cool like moment because I, I lived in like Brookfield was kind of affluent when I was growing up. And so they got they got all these like they didn't just get like the basic bitch. Everybody gets you to come to your school assembly. They shelled out money to have people show up. And so oh, wow. okay. we had essentially what was like like the regional variant of the Harlem Globetrotters come and show up to our school. Right. And oh, OK. Yeah, like, and I was like, what, what, why in the world are these guys here? But they're like, they're doing basketball trips or like, like tricks and shit. Um, there, there's a guy that's, that's on some of those, um, metal, like pogo stick stilts. And he's just like running around and doing insane dunks. And like, they're having like tea parties and shit on the court. And it's all this like pageantry and ridiculousness and like theater and camp. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is super cool. Like I, this is what I want to do for like a very brief moment in my life. I wanted to be a professional, like theater basketball guy. No idea how tall I was going to be. Spoilers. I'm not very fucking tall. So there's no <laughs> way I'd be able to do this shit. Hey, um, neither was I mean, Muggsy Bogues. So you don't have no in your heart, big guy. That's true. That's true. Well, and plus if this is all like pageantry and shit, I, I could literally just be the asshole that comes out with a trampoline for everything. Like who the hell cares? Nobody. Right. As long as it's entertaining. But no, it was it was super cool. So at the very like end of their performance, they picked a bunch of kids out of out of the, the audience and they said, cool, we're going to have like five of you and you're all going to stand on the half court line and we're going to give you each of each of you basketball. And if one of you makes it, you're going to get like a like a scholarship or some shit like we're going to put money in a trust for you and you'll be able to. um uh, you'll, you'll be able to go to go to college or you'll be able to use this for something like as you get older, like maybe buy a car or some shit like that. Whatever it was it expired when they were 18 years old. And so they go and they pick all these kids and I, I start to notice I'm like, huh, they're picking the kids that like they're kind of poor. You know, I lived in an affluent area, but obviously not everybody there is affluent and not even all of them are, are like middle class, if you will. Like there's definitely some kids there that wore the same hoodie. To, to class like six weeks in a row shit like that um, oh so they weren't this, the worst dressed they were actually super poor yeah exactly exactly gotcha gotcha um, gotcha, gotcha and so i'm like I, i'm noticing all of this and there's this kid that's next to me who he's, he's my next door neighbor and he lives in a nice house but his parents are kind of like they're on meth or some shit and so he's always looking just like he's not strung out but he looks like he's raised by someone that's strung out and so the, the, all these kids, they line up, they start shooting their, their shots or whatever. First couple of them miss. I think the third kid actually sunk it in. And they're like, yeah, everybody like lost their shit. And the kid that was sitting next to me, like my next door neighbor, he, he gets up 
He throws the ball. It sinks it, like totally sinks it. And this kid's eyes like just get wide, super, mm-hmm. super wide. And like he doesn't he doesn't know what the fuck to expect, all this stuff. And these guys just come out with these giant novelty checks. They've got two of them already ready. I think they had, I mean, they had all five just in case, but they've got two of these already for these two kids. And scrawled upon them was, welcome to the dang old podcast. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting worse every week. We're just getting crazier every week. God, my my improv skills are really getting put to the test. I just just last week I railed about how stupid I think fucking improv is, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you, well, okay, so there's there therein lies the rub. Um, improv is stupid, but like doing a little bit of prep work and knowing what you're talking about <laughs> is a good thing, and that's what makes us better actors and performers. And then we don't have to like sing our feelings, but then, but then, but then the like natural apex of this is once you think you're a good enough actor or good enough anything, you then ascend to the higher throne and you become this like, you know, critical asshole about it. And you start something called this here dangle podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I Mark and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill and talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. And we're in season 10 now. And last week, dude, we were. Man, we on were fire, higher man. than I thought we were getting. Really, truly on fire. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're going to be that way this week. I was going to make a baseball joke and realized I don't know anything about baseball to make a joke about it. That's the prep work that I should have done. But to that end, you want to uh, hit this grand slam? I, I think I do. Also, I want to justify the fact that I can make fun of improv because I'm actually good at it. Like, that's yeah, the no, only I... time you're allowed to make fun of something. And not get shit on. <laughs> um, well, now, 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 hang on. Now pump those brakes, Chief. Because I will never be in a goddamn glee club, but I will still call it a 12-headed jackass. <laughs> that's that's true. But see, Mark, you're allowed to make fun of podcasts because you're a podcaster. It's just it, it, it's what right. it is. It comes with the territory. Um, <laughs> well, in that, in that same vein here, uh, we're going to talk about Episode 193, You Got to Believe, or You Gotta Believe in Moderation. Original air date, January 29th, 2006. Guys, we're already into 06. That's like seven years away from Columbine. Holy shit. Written by Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, and Kit Boss. This is like the first written by episode from our creators in seasons. Maybe since season one. And I want to know why they they dipped their hands into this company ink for this episode. Um, well, no, because Mike Judge has been credited. Mike Judge and Greg Daniels have been credited as, as the top writer on every single episode. I don't think they have. Like, I mean, they they get created because there's by the written credits. by credit. Well, there's the written by credit, and that's whoever did the actual script. But like, they're still on it. It's not like they're just like not showing up to the table. Oh, for sure. Well, because they're it's a, they're they're executive <clears throat> producers. They've been executive yep. producers the whole time. They've been they're they've got the created by credits. It's it's like uh, Matt Groening doesn't actually write any episodes of The Simpsons, but he's his name is in the beginning as like developed by created by uh, executive produced by yada yada yada. So like he definitely still has his paws on it to a certain extent. But I don't know like the last time we saw Judge and Daniels actually sit down and write something for this. So that's that's what kind of throws me off. Um, okay. I see because I always take the written or the writer credits off of IMDb, and every single IMDb starts with Judge and Daniels, 
And then the third one is the one that usually like had the most to do with the script. So in this case, it was interesting. But maybe okay. I'm doing it maybe wrong. It's... I don't know. I because I assume well, they're both they may consulting have executive... writers. Like, well, they may have executive like, hey, we get ultimate rewrites in this. If we don't like a joke, if we don't think it's funny, we get final cut because we're the, yeah. we're the ones who created and developed this. That could be why. Because if they sit there and they tamper with every single episode or at least have the ability to, then, yeah, they would get writing credits on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if I, don't, I, I don't created know. a I... show, I would want that. I would want that authority just to make sure that you guys aren't going to fucking mod Flanders my shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I went there. So they hit you Fucking in the face of the t-shirt cannon. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Speaking, uh-huh. speaking of Mr. Boss, um, we might recognize him from such episodes as Little Whores a Shop, Meet the Propaniacs, the second half of Returning Japanese, and I think you and I's favorite episode, Yankee Hanky. Ooh, that that's definitely, that's like top three for me for sure. Yeah. I would oh, put yeah. Yankee Hanky above firefighting just because... I, 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 there's a couple better bits. Mostly, why am I wearing the hat? But <laughs> there's another Texas plate. Take a shot, Mark. Um, <laughs> this week's episode has got this cast of characters: Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer. We have Ace, uh, Donna, Enrique, Bob Jenkins, Buck Strickland, John Redcorn, that fucker principal, Principal Carl Moss, and a non-speaking role by Nancy Gribble. Redcorn is also non-speaking here. Um, mm. I got ahead of myself here. So I saw I saw Principal Moss in my my cast list here and just like saw red for a second. So I'm stumbling over my own words. Uh, synopsis for this episode, Mark. The Harlem Globetrot... I mean, the Ace of Diamonds and his jewels face off against the undefeated Arlen Zephyr's softball team to ve- benefit the TLMS baseball team. Um... A-store characters, Hank and the Zephyrs, there's no B-story in this episode. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can don't, don't jump right into notes, but I do want to note here that Ace, the voice of Ace, uh, as in the Ace of Diamonds or whatever the hell his name is, um, is a guy named Mac Davis. We've seen Mac yes. Davis before. Yes. Why, where, where have we where, seen him before? Why, you know? who? No, I saw the name in the credits and I was like, why do I know Mac Davis? Who? Who is he? So, you know him for two reasons. You know him as a character in King of the Hill, but you also would probably recognize him as, as like, a, what's almost become a signature of King of the Hill. So, the character he has played continuously in this show is the sports jock. Every time we hear the sports jock on the radio, that's Mac mm. Davis. Okay, which I thought was okay. kind of fun, that he gets to play Ace, the Ace of Diamonds. Um, and I was like, okay, that's pretty excellent. But Mac Davis is also a country music musician. And King of the Hill has a storied history of bringing country music stars and musicians, old, new, and in between, into its universe and giving them, like, either they can either play themselves or they can they can play people like Elvin, you know? Um, they've got Oh this, my like, god, really... he wrote one of my favorite songs ever written. It's so hard to be humble when you're perfect. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> As if you needed any more reason to love Mac Davis, other than the fact that he's been in King of the Hill for a couple of seasons with us as the sports jock. At least he's not fucking Chad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to jump right into my notes here because my first one is about Mac Davis. You already named one of his songs. Another one that his first Google search when you look him up is uh, Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me. That is one Mm -hmm. of his biggest hits. And unfortunately, we lost the late, great Mac Davis in 2020. 
So he okay. is no longer with us. R.I.P. Sports Jock. Thank you for all your service. Thank you for coming to Arlen. We're going to have to find some sort of weird shock jock someone in the reboot to come and play your role. So it's going to be great. Um, I'm going to scoot on down here. Uh, the one and only time I played Rec League softball, this is like two and a half, maybe three years ago now, two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. My team was not undefeated, but we did win the championship. So the only experience I have of Rec League softball is winning the championship. I've got a cool cool mug um, that says, like, Montrose Rec League champions, uh, I think it was 2021. Yeah, that sounds right. 2021. Um, that was the year your lady it, blew her knee apart, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, third game. Third game of the season. Uh, we're, we're doing warm-ups. The uh, laziest shit parks guys, because I no longer worked for them at this point. The laziest shit park guys decided they weren't going to cut the grass um, on in the, like the little midway area where everybody was training. So only the fields got trimmed. She's in the like we're all in the middle of warming up, and she kind of like we're we're doing a jog, and she catches this extra long grass, which is probably four to five inches long at this point. It's definitely like the wizard of sod is, is playing his tricks totally eat <laughs> shit does this ass up into the air like comes down on her knee about as hard as you possibly fucking can i'm pretty sure two years on and you can still see discoloration where she actually hit the ground like that's how hard of a bruise it was um it just like annihilated blood vessels but yeah so yeah that that was the year that she just totally annihilated her knee and and she still feels it she's like an old woman when it gets uh, extra rainy or extra cold outside she's like ew my knee hurts you know shit like that yeah um mark what happened to joe jack at the taco bueno because this seems like almost like he died See, I was going to ask you that too, and then my, no- my first God. note for the next episode is, "Oh, look, I think Joe Jack got the help that he needed." Um, <laughs> I don't know because <sighs> what did Joe Jack do at the Taco Bueno? And honestly, like we know, Joe Jack can tend to shift into problematic. I, yes, I honestly he imagine he got a, he celebrated a little bit too hard, and I bet he they made had the one nacho too many cheese home joke. run bears, honey. Exactly, and he made a nacho cheese joke, and the the pimply faced kid behind the counter didn't laugh, and Joe Jack got a little heated. He wanted a goddamn liter of Joe Jack. I can see Joe Jack trying to whoop the ass of a McDonald's employee when he's a little bit hammered because he didn't laugh at a joke of his. Not whoop his ass, but like, now wait a minute, honey, that was real funny. Come here, you like. Mm-hmm. Don't you no. know who I am, honey? I'm a propaniac. <laughs> <laughs> he still wears the propaniac shirts, tries to pick up women. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, he's doing his big baby or gas cop bit. It's great. Um, I just, I, I didn't know if we had a running theory of what happened to Joe Jack. I appreciate that you supplied one for me. That's, that's now canon because nobody else can tell us no. Um, my last note here is. Kit Boss is going to uh, get on this episode's comments and like, uh, no, guys, Joe Jack got a, <laughs> he got a p- drunken disorderly because he took his pants off and Taco Bueno and shit in the fryer. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some refried beans for you, honey. <laughs> you pooped in the fryer. Um, my last note here is my wife works in schools, and she yes. has for a long time. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I just ruined you, didn't I? Um, oh, I see the scene so clearly in my head. It's impressive. <laughs> I pooped in some kid's locker. Um, I pooped in someone's fryer, honey. 
So my wife works in school settings and they actually do these these type of things where they have regional globe trotters and shit like I part of my improv is is not actually improv it's shit that actually happens. Uh but they had this t- basketball team come to their their school and they they show up, they sell a shitload of tickets, they sell their merch, they give a huge portion of it back to the school for whatever program is ailing and you know TLMS it was the the baseball team. Um, so that's a real another, thing. This this premise is yeah. a real thing then. Okay, I didn't know if this was it real is. or not. I no, okay, it is. Cool. I mean, Already you're clearing up one of my yeah. notes. So, yeah, and so uh, I just one of the funnier notes that I have here is every time I think about something like this, I think about uh, my wife earned the nickname "Tall Drink of Milk." Because her very first year that she was a school counselor, one of these rolled into town. It was a basketball team. And this, like these kids are, they're like, oh, hey, 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 it's, it's, it's Mrs. Wizard. It's Mrs. Wizard. Go say hi to the basketball players. Cause my wife is super tall. And uh, they, they all thought it was, it would be really funny to like have a tall person talk to a tall person. I, I don't know. I lived in rural Colorado guys. They, they have like nothing to fucking talk about or do there. Um, but they all thought it would be hilarious. And this, this guy just like takes one look at her and goes, damn, that one tall drink of milk. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But all the kids overheard the guy say it and, and the name stuck with her for like three years. Like she was the tall drink of milk because she's also very pale. Like not yeah, like sickly pale. She just has a very light complexion. Um, so I, whenever I need to get a, a rise out of her or get a, get a laugh out of her, if we're watching something basketball related, I just ask her if she wants a tall drink of milk, and, and I can usually get her to crack a smile. Are you, are you telling me that your lady is super white? <laughs> she is super white. <laughs> Mark, I have done my notes now. Fantastic. <laughs> um. <laughs> so this is a rehab. Okay, I don't know if it is or not. I took note of it because I was like. Fuck me, we're playing ba- baseball again. And okay, number one, I'm the problem because the last time we had a baseball episode was when you was when you were about to move to Germany the last time, and we watched. Oh um, man, we watched Take Me Out of the Ball Game. You were here in the think hole for it, and then ironically enough, there that was the same time those kids were playing baseball as we were recording. So you kept hearing the game right. in the background. Yeah, right. So that was season three, episode nineteen. I'm not going to say that this is a rehash. This is just another season of softball. This is the same thing as sure. seeing, you know, multiple Christmases, multiple Thanksgivings. Like, so it's not a fair. rehash. Yeah. yeah it's, and, and already, Mark, you need to calm down. You're getting too angry. Like, <laughs> the first thing I was like, son of a bitch, more softball. I was like, well, now hang on. Um, we got it. I want you to get up there and do what my shirt says. When I wrote this, my shirt said Black Sabbath. We sold our souls for rock and roll. So can I just sell my soul to podcast and achieve yes. like mild internet celebrity and not have to work again? I don't want to get greedy. I just don't want to. All I need is 30000 a year. That's all I need, guys. $30,000 a year. <laughs> like I can keep living my life the way it is. I'm good with that. Yeah, I don't want to like change. I don't want anything to get better necessarily, but I just don't want to backslide. Um. Yeah. I was going to ask you for any fun baseball trivia, but that is such a broad thing. So I'm not going to ask you about that. Um, Pretend I didn't even ask you about that, or didn't even mention that. Um, Okay. Honestly, I've fallen so far out of baseball. It used to be my all-time favorite sport, and I... Our... Our local team, the Rockies, the Rockies are such a giant dumpster fire. It's not even fun to watch them anymore. I went to opening day this year, and it sucked. And they won, and it sucked. You were mad. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a lame game. <laughs> ruining, ruining my shit. I'm, guys, I'm just total like I'm not completely native. I I, I watch um, foosball now, so that's you're gonna get cool foosball trivia for me. <laughs> hey, the school's really poor. You know, we tried attracting some industry, and oh wait, you did that. You did that two weeks ago, and y'all couldn't handle it. Fuck you. Fuck every one of you. If you could have just shut up and enjoyed the porn awards, you would have had industry. Fuck you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. Okay. I just... <laughs> Number one, I'm sorry. Like, Arlen, we established Arlen is, what, 100,000 people in the community? Like, I think and that's so. On the low, I think that's and that's on the low number. end. Yeah, that's on the low end. There's two conflicting numbers. We got one out of, what, Escape from Party Island, and then one from, I want to say, Hank's Cowboy Movie or Hank's Choice. One of the two. We see the uh, the population sign is rolling out of town. My point is, right. 100,000 people should not need to spin up revenue or industry. Like, sure, 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 no one's coming to, like, tour, you know, Pigtown Slaughterhouse, but, like... At the right. same time, you can't be in such dire straits. But then, like, hey, the last time you tried to inject, like, local industry, y'all couldn't handle it. And I apologize because I said inject local industry and I was talking about porno. Um, <laughs> Double <I> really... <laughs> Yes, indeed. That's your porno name, Double Entendre. Um, <laughs> I really, really want to like this premise. If you step back and just watch the episode... It makes a lot of sense. It's a really, really, really good setup. Um, and it's also yeah. a really solid King of the Hill. It's also a super solid ensemble cast, but this is definitely a season 10 episode. We need to have all the formation of everybody. Everybody needs to have their character set. Um, we need to know that Carl Moss is a piece of shit who, you know, is going to buy him base, is going to buy the team uniforms. That's why it got cut, because they needed uniforms. Um, right. We need to know about Bob Jenkins. Otherwise, it's just, who the hell is this weird dude with an eye patch? Like, we need to know about Enrique, how he gets too horned up from mayhem. You need to know all these things. So this is a really good season 10 episode. And this is what TV ought to turn into, is like, as you start getting away from main lines, you get these big ensemble pieces. And everybody has their own role to play, and everybody does their own thing. Yeah. Like, you're rewarding people for following your product. Because, yeah, like, if you know that Enrique gets horned up about stuff, then you can get excited when you see him on screen in a situation that's going to call for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I just really like that. Um, Follow-up to that. So, the Zephyrs are guilty of hubris. I just don't know why or how. I don't... I get the point. I get how the ace is supposed to show up and just, you know, outplay the hell out of them with all their stupid little tricks yeah. and everything. But I don't disagree with the team. Well, mostly with Hank and then inspiring the team that they can beat him. Like, they make up a game plan. They make legitimate strategy for it. This would be no different than, like, all right, our flag football team is going to play the Dallas Cowboys training camp. And Hank is going to go, you know what? I'm going to run it in. And, and Boomhauer is going to throw it to me for for 80 yards, and the Bulldozer is going to block like a son of a bitch, and turns out that Ted Wasana Song is the second greatest running back in Arlen history because he had to run from getting his ass whooped so many times. But, you know, there, there's that. So, like, there's no reason why this is bad. Hank's just stupid. That's all there is to it. It's just basic, like, really just that hubris, and he does get punished for it. They all get punished for it, but... I don't disagree with the motives in this episode. Okay. I just, 
I don't know, because this is a stupid episode. I, I, I really alternate between this is a great episode and this episode sucks. But, like, there's two sides to this coin, and that's the other side of this is, like, yeah, they're assholes, but, like, are they? Like, I would want to beat yeah. the Zephyrs. Or the, I would want to beat Ace, cocky bastard. Well, sure. Maybe break this down for me, because you played whale shit softball. Um... This isn't a yeah. sanctioned game, right? So their season is over, and the Zephyrs are still technically undefeated, right? Yeah, they should. I mean, they should be exactly. Yeah, it's not like the so Arlen Rec League is, is sanctioning this. No, yeah. like their perfect season doesn't really go down the shit, or they the, the the record stands. Also, it's Rec League. Like no one's gonna give a shit after like two hours after the season is over. The fact That's that they have I'm a saying. party that celebrates it afterwards is insane. Because, like, nobody does that. We won our championship and tried to do that and didn't even manage to make that shit work. And I well, that's those your people. That's your retro reference, Rage. It was easier to get people together when they didn't have cell phones, you know? Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> no, I'm... I, I like... I, if, I, if I may, I want to expand on what you just said about... About the kind of the premise of this episode. Please, And, yeah. like, if... If I break it down here... This is this all comes down to a lack of communication and it's a lack of communication on both sides. So you can't fault Hank completely and you can't fault Ace completely. But both of them, neither one of them stepped up and said, hey, this is how this game needs to be run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody mm-hmm. clarified that, hey, the, the whole point of this is for me to make a bunch of jokes. Don't try and play an actual game like Ace alludes to it a little bit. He's like, how many, you know, uh, like how many uh, strikeouts do you want? Or when I strike you out, go and do this so that I can get a little piece of tail out of the, out of the, the yeah, crowd and shit like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, so he alludes to it, but he never out and out tells Hank like, Hey, this is how I do this. It's how I've done it for everyone. And this is why I end up giving the charity. It's supposed to be a show. Treat it like a show. If you don't treat it like a show, then no, I don't sell any of my merch. Like nobody clarified any of this shit to anyone. So Mm -hmm. like, I can't, I can't really fault Hank because that's Hank's downfall. He's very proud. That's his one big sin. He's very proud of everything that he does. Well, most everything that he does. (laughs) And when it comes to sports related shit, you know, Hell, he almost won state and never shuts the hell up about it. What do you think he's going to do with a perfect season for his softball league? He's never going to shut the hell up about it. He's going to (laughs) continue to push that envelope because that's the competitive person we know Hank Hill as. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I... This episode, it is. It's hard to like, but it's also really hard to hate. But for that reason... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went back and forth a lot this week, just this episode, trying to figure out how I felt about it. And shy of watching it a second time, I was just like, well, just watch it for what it is and we'll enjoy it. Um, yeah. I noticed one music cue coming out of the Aces trailer. It's Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Nice. I when didn't pick that up. Good on you. When he's with the parking lot attendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then my final note is, with that last scene, I guess when you come together as a team, anything is possible, question mark? We can all come together <laughs> and bully this dude from out of town, and then we're going to stalk him. As a team. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't you know uh, intimidation tactics always work? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm an American. I see how the fucking election cycles work. Absolutely. Uh, what are your pros, buddy? Um... So I love just how quickly this this descends almost into madness. 
we've all seen the Harlem Globetrotters. At least uh, anybody listening to this episode has probably seen some episodes of Futurama or they've seen the, the Bob's Burgers spinoff of this episode or something like this. But we're all familiar with the idea of sports pageantry. Um, I, I think back to the Simpsons episode where Krusty goes, he's spinning the ball. Come on. Or he's like, he's on a ladder or something. I thought the generals were due. It's the clown college <laughs> episode. It's great. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, he's the whole the point of this. He's the ball on his finger. <laughs> yeah, just take it from him. <laughs> exactly. So we all know that it's, it's pageantry and that they like... They love to up the stakes, especially in an animated show. They're going to do that. And so the mm-hmm. idea of, I think it's Peggy that says, um, I hear that in certain stadiums, they hook up and they make a Denver omelet on the pitcher's mound. That's insane to me. And that is yeah. so much fun to imagine that that's how ludicrous this like regional softball guy has gotten. Like, I'm going to be obnoxious with this. Who's also so existed I, that, for years. Oh. The dad talks about how he saw Ace when he was a kid. Yes. That exactly. dad with the two kids. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. I, I guess softball is the lowest impact sport you can play, right? So, like, being oh, sure. passively better than anybody around you at it is, you know, probably really low impact. So, yeah, I guess he could look super good for his age. Yeah, well, and I have to imagine the ace was at one point, he may have been a major leaguer, but probably spent a lot of time in AAA, which is why he can just belt shit, why he can yeah. why he can take on people. Like, he was semi-pro or pro at one point. Yeah. And this is what he does to kind of make his living now. Um, next pro here, Bob Jenkins has already won his way into my heart, and this is only his third episode. You're I, here. I am really excited to see more Bob Jenkins, and I can't think of characters that show up like that so much later in a series, like, that I watch, that I'm excited to see more of them. Because it's more than just like a, oh, the cousin now comes to live with us in in the fourth season, and so now we have an excuse to have another girl on the show, or or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like... The, the while she's not my favorite, the only parallel I can draw to this is in the last few seasons of Bob's Burgers, they have a recurring character named Nat that comes back. Um, and Nat is, is like, that the limo she driver? starts out as a driver. Yeah, she's the limo driver. Yeah. And she's come back for a couple of episodes. And you usually know it's going to be a pretty solid episode if she shows up. But she didn't show up until like 10 seasons into Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. This is a sign of a pretty good character if, like, I don't hate you every single time you show up and you've given the writer something new, like, a new character to play around with and really kind of dig their teeth into and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we haven't seen every every story out of Bob Jenkins yet. Hell, I would, I would bargain to say I would watch an entire episode that's nothing about Bob Jenkins and his stupid shit. But what do I know? Maybe they'll reboot King of the Hill and I'll get that. Um, my last pro here <laughs> is Dale gutting his chaw. And that being his like pregame ritual, Ugh. God, that's awful, and Ugh. it's totally something that Dale deserves. I don't know why mm-hmm. he deserves it, but he just does. It's it's terrible. I <laughs> and then you see him do it. He's like, God, I uh-huh. I know I talked about having to gut my chew in high school that one time, and it, that triggered yep. me. I almost puked at work watching this. I'm like, Oh, oh. God. Oh yeah, no, no wonder he's he hasn't hit all season. Like he's sick to his stomach before every single game. He's not going to be able to focus on where the ball is. He's already not athletic. <laughs> Track team physique. 
He's not towel manager. He should have been the <laughs> towel manager for the freaking baseball team. Oh Mark, my god, what are that's pros? the lowest rung on the ladder is being the towel manager in the league whale grade shit. <laughs> in the in the in the beer league softball team. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I spanked that ball so it's a Dale line. Way to go! You already called it out. I spanked that ball so hard I should have bought it a box of chocolates. Fuck you! You barely hit it, Dale. But I love that he just <laughs> immediately rewrites the events in his own head as he won the game for him with his you know gribble at the bat moment. Um, yes, it's a Peggy line. Um, all the greats had their own system. Ty Cobb would beat his valet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Ty Cobb Guys, is a super piece of shit. Um, yes, I guess Ty Cobb, we're, we're, yeah. As I say, we're, we're not condoning his behavior. I'm actually impressed that they didn't try and whitewash it, because, yeah, he's a terrible fucking person, or was a terrible person. I know that they don't need any help, because I think it's, like, the number eight podcast in the world, but the dollop does a lot on baseball in the, like, the early baseball days in America, and I hate baseball, but those are some of the best episodes and when they talk about what a piece of shit like Ty Cobb or like Babe Ruth were just at any given mm-hmm. moment, like there was a girl that outpitched Babe Ruth and it was a whole thing. Or no, she outhit Babe Ruth. I apologize. She outhit Babe yeah. Ruth. She was a better hitter than Babe Ruth. And she was a woman in the 30s. And they're like, fuck you, lady. But like just these little bits, guys, go check out the dollop and just go check them out. It's an American history podcast and what I would like to one day be. And uh, tell them that uh, tell them Dangle podcast sent you. <laughs> <laughs> to bump Get their, that sweet cross contamination. <laughs> to bump their numbers up. <laughs> um, note or pro, fucking Bob Jenkins, man. That's the note. Oh my god, I just love him. He's a ama- um. There's the bit, and you know he he does his little poetic soliloquy, and then you know they all kind of come to expect it. They're standing outside the trailer. Oh, what's the point? It's great. So great. Uh, so on um, before we move off of Bob Jenkins, yeah. can I just say that Dale is such a poor athlete that a dude with no depth perception hit better than him? That was was one of my cons. <laughs> is it's cruel to make Bob Jenkins hit, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ chose us to win. Rips open the shirt. Uh, okay, Enrique. <laughs> like. <laughs> Fucking Enrique. Just, <laughs> I'm really glad that Enrique hasn't learned anything in, what, three seasons now, two seasons, since Enrique Insilable Differences about oh, you can't oh, get so has. horned up. Like, but he you has, can't get Mark. so horned up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, What you know what Enrique has learned? What's that? It's Indian Summer, Mark! <laughs> can't just... <laughs> can't... God, that spike. Sorry, that's going to be loud in your ears when you edit this. It was loud in my ears when you said it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> God damn it. I can't, I Sorry, can't. I broke you. You did. You really did. And it just, I... I think I'm like the last like month that I still have a job at Fridays. I'm just going to walk around ripping my shirt apart, screaming that Jesus Christ wants me to have a job still. Um yes. Um, I really like Hank being an asshole this episode. They were, they just want to win, you know, and he thinks they can. Hank is so stupid and so up his own ass with his delusions of grandeur that he thinks they have a shot. And you know what? I'm here for it. And I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. My back hair is tingling. Your hair knows something you're about to find out. That's a really, 
This is a good episode for Hank one-liners. Um, yes. Get out there and do what my shirt says. Shit like this. It's. I would almost fault it for being quippy, but at the same time, ah, they just they land well, and so I can't fault it. Um, well, then when do we get like a bunch of Hank quips like that? I feel we haven't gotten that in a, a while, if ever. Mm-mm. Like never this many in a row. Well, this is Hank's domain. He's a coach. He's a teacher. He's a leader, and this is mm-hmm. where he will be better. So, therefore, um, talk to me about cons, buddy. Um, I so my first one we've already kind of addressed here. I only got two. My first one is that how does nobody really get the concept of this entire farcical? show Enrique has it right because he's like he's the only one in the very beginning who's just like aren't we supposed to just let them beat us like why would we why would we play back against them and so Mm -hmm. it's it's a con to me that it's not just Hank being up his own ass and getting everybody all excited about it there's a lot more common sense on that team that should have prevailed that should have like stopped this this crazy train before it got off the rails so it's a it's a con to me. I get it. You need it for for episode structure sake, and because that's the whole crux of the episode is okay. Hank's not going to listen, even if you do tell him, because he want, really wants to keep going. Um, and then my last con in here is that there's not really a lot of likable people in this episode. They're all funny, but none of these characters like really redeem themselves. The ace is a gigantic piece of shit, and the only reason he gives the check is because he wants to stop getting hassled. Hank goes from being a great leader and continues to be a great leader as he's assaulting someone and, like, threatening to turn over this dude's trailer. <laughs> Hank's kind of got, like, a Sven Gali thing about him. <laughs> like, I've been reading up a lot about uh, the um, uh, Davidian Church in Waco, and I'm like, good God, you are the you are freaking head god right now. Like everybody Hank is Hill listening is to not, you. You are not cruel, compare man. David Koresh to Hank Hill. <laughs> In this episode, man, he's charismatic. <laughs> everybody follows him, and damn it, they're they're getting that money. I suppose I would say Shoko Asahara, but yeah, sure. Um. <laughs> but so that's that's another con for me. Is like usually someone gets redeemable by the end, but no. At least this is, I mean, it's a sitcom. It's all going to reset at the end. And so luckily, I, if I don't want to watch pe- like the rest of these people, this whole ensemble of these characters, like be shitty, I just don't have to watch the episode again. But Ace is a piece of shit, too. That's the other point. It's like if Ace was a good dude, this he episode is. wouldn't work. But Ace is a piece of shit, so it's all right. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he could have turned the other cheek. He could have turned the other cheek at the end and just went, okay, I get it. I see I see. you screwed up. I'm going to take a little bit bigger of a cut because I didn't get my bobbleheads, but you still get the, a chunk of the money here. Mm-hmm. Like He could have just not been the skeezy dude that's that's heating up his mulled wine in a crock pot trying to score. Mm-hmm. But how about wine. your cons, man? Um, my cons. Um, Dale's Ritual is stupid. I just So they talk about doing that. They bring this up at the last game of the season. This isn't Dale's ritual. Right. This is something they just decided that he was going to do the last game of the season when he hit the first hit of the season. So like that already there, Dale can't develop a ritual the last game. Shut up. I don't care. Whatever. Um, but then to that end, I don't think Dale is good this week. I think they really didn't use Dale well at all. Outside of my one yeah. line of, I spanked that ball so hard I should have bought it chocolate. This is just bad Dale. I don't care for it. He's not... 
This is the other side of that coin where you get an ensemble cast, but you got to give everybody a line because you know who else gets a stupid line that is shoehorned in is goddamn Buck Strickland. Yep. With the, I'm not your daddy. I, but also, but also, I'm just going to read this to you. So the Buck Strickland, I'm not your daddy slash, but also fuck those kids. Baseball is never fun. Don't bring six year olds to a ballpark. They're not going to enjoy it until they can get hammered. And if you're getting your kids hammered at six, then you're a bad dad. So (laughs) you and I had this issue um, a couple of seasons ago where they would bring Bobby in and he would have a single line in the episode. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, you guys are afraid to not have him here and not have him say something. And I feel like that's a lot of Dale's lines this week. You're mm-hmm. afraid to have Dale in an episode, but not make him at least like almost a tangential B character because he has been for so many episodes now. Yeah. I, and you know what? I kind of want to just go back to the original theory of this podcast. It was, he was the announcer Make Dale the announcer. Just make that a better game. It would this would have been funnier listening to Dale call the game against Ace and the Zephyrs. Like yeah. listening to them call it Andy Bunce again, and then just like yelling at Hank, "You're useless." They scored on you again, sixty-four to one. What? Like that's a better episode. Instead, we get I'm gonna swallow my chew. Shh, fuck you. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to dwell on it. But then back to my other point. They just stick Buck in there, and why? Why do we? I I even had the note. Why is Buck here? Why is Buck coming to watch regional softball? He you he you know he's got his Jillian North Arlen. Like why is he here? I don't I don't know. Is, is he trying sure. to take down I, the parking than, lot attendant too? I I don't know. Right. The only only thing I can think of is somehow someone at Strickland convinced him he should go because his almost his entire like roster of staff people, is like there. his entire employee base is there with the exception of Joe Jack, who's been banned for unspeakable acts in the fryer at Taco Bueno. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like they did something or maybe he's there to make sure nobody else does unspeakable acts in Taco Bueno and they don't get too horsed around. But that's, that doesn't make sense. Cause Buck Strickland is never the voice of reason. No, I, no. it's hard. It's hard to find a reason for him to be there. Yeah. I just really don't understand it. Um, and again, this is a personal con. Okay, so I already called it out, but I'll call it out again. It's really cruel to make Bob Jenkins hit. I just feel bad. Uh, yeah. But then I think about um, what um, the beanest what that that the Leela Blurnsball episode and like yes, I I think I'd rather have Bob Jenkins be like you know some crack hitter and also what he plays is outfield and he's really good. So I kind of okay. prefer that narrative. I like that better than he sucks. Like just because he's missing an eye doesn't mean he can't play baseball. It's just kind of. You know, he's kind of batting with a, dis- with a disadvantage. I was going to say batting with a handicap, but I thought that was too on the nose. So, yeah, I, whatever. I, 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 I like Bob Jenkins in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> RBIs. Ooh. What's HBP? It's hit by pitch and she was crowding the plate. <laughs> well, you do lead the league. <laughs> Final, this is just a personal con if I haven't beat this point home. It's softball. It cannot, by definition, be fun unless you're drunk. All right. <laughs> you hit the ball, you slam a beer. You run to first base, you slam a beer. Yeah, yeah, we all know how to play softball. Exactly. Um, I have a retro reference rage, but I wanted to see if you hit it, and I don't think you are, so do you mind if I call it out? No. Yeah, go for it. I haven't noticed one for a while. I'm glad you're still keeping up on them. You're trying more to. Trying than to. Trying to. I'm angrier than you. I think that's the point. Um, Hank having to call to see where the uh, ace is going to play next. 
Mm, yeah. But then I got to thinking about it when this came out in 2006. I remember calling movie theaters in Colorado Springs and listening to the pre-recorded message every day about what they were going to, you know, be showing. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm so sure like, you still have to do that in Alamosa. <laughs> nah, you just don't go to the movie theater in Alamosa. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I, um, it, yeah, that was just like, wow, what a what a snapshot of the times is trying to call ahead. But, God, I we live in such a better time now. Um, we really you got do. a favorite moment for me? Um, I took my bus full of bobbleheads going over a railroad crossing. You know what that's like? <laughs> that's like the stupidest line ever, and it shouldn't be funny. Like, it really shouldn't be funny. And yet I'm like, okay, you're, you're literally going for a physical comedy shtick with this. Like, the, you're, you're making me imagine a bus full of bobbleheads going over a railroad crossing. That's kind of funny. Good for you guys. Mm-hmm. That's like an old school, you, you wrote this joke in the 1920s and have never had the opportune time to, to write it or like to, to yeah. use it. So like, eh. so it got a chuckle out of me. It's not like a big favorite moment of mine, but it, it was at least notable. How about you, man? All right. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I already called it out and I feel bad calling it a second time, but whatever. Um, Enrique, we're going to win because Jesus Christ wants us to. He chose us to win. And then he rips open the shirt, makes the big scene, mm-hmm. and Hank, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, God, it's good. It's, it's super funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to break down our rating system for the good people, buddy? I can definitely do that. So at the bottom of our rating system here, we're going to do this based off of MLB teams because uh, okay, okay. we're, we're going to talk about uh, the teams I absolutely hate and absolutely love. The very bottom here, uh, I really want to say that it's the New York Yankees or the LA Dodgers. It's a charcoal rating. It's a failure of an episode. It's an absolute trash representation of what things should be. And uh, it doesn't represent King of the Hill very well. You're going to watch it one time maybe because you're drunk and you have nothing better to, do, to, better to do than go to a ballpark because somebody else bought you tickets. Um, but you know what? That's not even fair to say about the Dodgers or the Yankees. That's the Colorado Rockies. They suck that much ass. And I am so disgusted with them after being a lifelong fan that congratulations, guys, you've made it onto my list. You're at charcoal now. <laughs> I think I would rather go to a Detroit Twin or Detroit Tigers game. Like, holy crap. Too mean. After that, you've got, you, you've got your Megalo rating. A Megalo is not much better than that. It's a little bit better. It's still a terrible representation of, of, of an episode of King of the Hill. But you know what? Maybe you have a good guest star. Maybe, it's, maybe you've got a fun B story that, that kind of distracts you for a little bit. You're not seeking this episode out by any means. But if it's on, you're not going to hate it as much as a charcoal. It's not an instant turn off. And in the MLB's case, this is probably... Oh, well, tell you what, for for my own my own watching per- proclivities, we're gonna say this is like the Kansas City Royals. I don't hate okay. you, but I'm definitely not turning you on. Um, okay. You had okay. you had your moment in the sun for sun for a while, but yeah, you're you're in a rebuilding process. Or or even more aptly, the Texas Rangers. They haven't been good in a long time. That's fine. Okay. After that, you've okay. got your butane rating. This is a middle of the road. You have you hate to love it. You love to hate it. It's an episode of, of King of the Hill that is just there. It exists. If it's on, you're going to watch it. If it's not, you're not going to seek it out. Um, it's an okay story or a f- kind of a fun guest star, but it leaves you wanting more. And uh, yeah, it's just, 
it's it's your everyday popcorn baseball. Uh, as far as teams go, that's usually the Cincinnati Reds, the Washington Nationals, uh, up until recently, the Atlanta Braves. Everybody likes the Atlanta Braves. They just do. It is what it is. Um, after that, you get is your there a reason? I Sorry, I don't the know about baseball. Is there a reason that people like Atlanta better than somebody else? Uh, because they were popular in the 90s and they had Chipper Jones and they had a big fan base. And even if you weren't in Atlanta, you could get excited about the Braves. It was just like okay. a fun okay. team to kind of watch from afar. You never really super rooted for them because you usually had a local team you liked better. But they're there. They just hang out. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, my, my like third tier team that I, I would always root for is the Cincinnati Reds. Because I had a friend who was from Cincinnati and that was his favorite team. So it was like, cool. If I got to vote for somebody, why not them? After that, you got your Char King. Char Kings are wonderful representations of of King of the Hill, of TV. They show you good sitcom tropes. They remix stories in a way that you may not have ever seen before. Um, a Char King episode is something that's going to have a great guest star. A Char King of, uh, of, of, of a baseball team is, oh, let's say... The San Francisco Giants uh, okay. or the San Diego Padres. We're going to say that. Okay. Guys, okay. I, I follow a lot of NL West teams, and it's just because that's where the Rockies play. So I used to watch them play a whole shitload. Um, they're fun to watch. They've got a, a recent winning history. It's really easy to jump into their fan base. Uh, it, it, they make you feel accepted when you when you join because there's so many of them that you don't have the, the weird, creepy old diehards that don't want anybody new to join in their, their favorite hobby. Um, if Mark and I both agree that an episode is a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. These are like the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill, but you have to have already watched uh, some King of the Hill in order to understand them and appreciate them more. You're going to go to a baseball game and appreciate it more if you know, oh, hey, this is like half this team just won the World Series last year. There are going to be some really cool hitters on this team. Cool. Let's rock and roll. Now, the last step, the highest honor that we can bestow upon an episode of King of the Hill is the Blue Flame of Valor. These are not just simply the best episodes of of TV, of King of the Hill, like they represent everything that is near and dear to Mark and I when it comes to this entire journey of talking about King of the Hill. If I'm talking baseball teams, it's my number one, the Boston Red Sox. Everybody loves a comeback story, and I absolutely love the idea that the Boston Red Sox overcome, overcame like a nearly 100-year curse, the curse of the Great Bambino in 2004 when they won their World Series. They won it again in 2007, and then again in 2013, and then again in 2018. Uh, we've got such wonderful players like David Ortiz that have been a part of all of those teams, and some great other players that have come up through the ranks of the years. Um, like, we've got Ted Williams. The guy has a seat in the back of the Greed Monster in Fenway Park that no one has ever been able to hit before. And it's like one of the longest home run balls that's ever been hit in the history of Major League Baseball. That shit is outstanding. And he didn't like the 70s. 60s or 70s or some shit. It's fantastic. Okay. Uh, the Blue Flame of Valor is, they're just the best episodes ever. They, they, they're what keep you coming back. The Red Sox are what keeps me coming back to watch the MLB because they're even if they have a shit year, you know that you're they're eventually going to turn their shit around. They're going to go back to that winning formula. You're, they're going to be fun to watch every year. Eh, maybe I'm just a sucker for a team that sucks ass and I want to keep going. But hey, in the la in my lifetime, they've won four World Series and it's really fun to watch it. So uh, that was a long go. explanation of baseball. 
<laughs> there you go. Mark's Mark's NFL equivalent is the Packers. Um, oh, thank you. I was totally lost and had zero context, but you framed it as yeah. such that now I think I know a little bit better. I didn't know the Yankees were such shit. My boss is a huge Yankees fan. I'm going to make him listen to this oh, episode. So they're not shit. That's a personal preference. There's going to be some oh. angry hate mail here. See, I'm a Red Sox I was very fan, confused and that's their biggest I was like, fucking I the Yankees. <laughs> I was like, I thought the Yankees were good. All right, cool. Good to oh, know. no, they are. They're the Red Sox biggest rival. And like, it's one of the biggest sports rivalries of all time. That's why they have to be charcoal for me because I fucking gotcha. love the Red Sox. That's that's I, all. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so on a, on a scale of uh, charcoal to blue flame, what do you give? I, you got to believe, Mark. Um, so I am giving this my own rating because I gave it a Butte King, but going off of your schematic rubric, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to call this the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh, okay. Okay, so I, as I understand it, they're a pretty passable, solid-ish team. Um, yeah. I think they're pretty fun to watch, right? They have my all-time, well, yeah, my all-time favorite baseball player currently playing for them at, at uh, third base. So, yeah. What's his name? What's his name, Johnny? Nolan Arenado. Oh, not what I thought you were going to say, because I was going to say I picked the Cardinals because they have our favorite player <laughs> I of know all time. Why, <laughs> why buddy? <laughs> Al, uh, Alfred Pujols? <laughs> yeah. Amanda did not believe me when I was talking about Albert Pujols, and she's like, there's no way that guy exists. And I'm like, fuck you, look. And I pulled him up, and she's like, oh, my God. Um, the only thing I know about baseball is Albert Pujols, and that's thanks to you, man. And I don't – it was a deep – it was a long way to go for a short drink of nothing with that joke, but I wanted to say Albert Pujols on the cast. But, no, this is a view king. Um, it's a really all right episode of King of the Hill, and I super don't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. Like Again, when this spun up, I was like, oh, fuck me, another baseball episode? But, nah, man, it's great. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I gave it a butane. What did I rate as a butane? Like I said, the Cincinnati Reds up until recently, yes. the Braves, um, in, in my household, it, it's not this team, but for me personally, it's the Pittsburgh pirates. I've seen them play the Rockies about a hundred freaking times because they come to Denver all the time. Um, yeah, it's middle of the road for me. Uh, I, this is a story. It's watchable. I really don't like that. I don't like anyone at the end of this episode. That's kind of unfortunate for me, but you can't have winners all the time. There's no such thing as 260 consecutive wins. Like it's just yeah. not ever going to happen. So um, we take our L's where we take our L's. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm really getting into uh, foosball. So I'm going to consider this one a draw because that's the okay. thing we do over here in Germany. We draw. <laughs> we can be we can be gentlemen about it. All right. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. Well, you want to go meet our uh, girl in the next town with our next episode, buddy? I say we do that, bud. <laughs> Poo holes. Well, we're back with episode 194, Business is Picking Up. Original air date, March 19th, 2006. This is written by Dan Sterling. Mark, where did we last see Mr. Sterling? Uh, we saw him literally last week with Orange You Glad. I didn't say banana. Uh, we saw oh, him good. at the top of season okay. nine. Uh, with a rover runs through it, and then we saw him yeah. hosting the Game Grumps as a cameo with The Sun Also Roses. Dan Sterling is super, super hit or miss. He yeah, is, like... and, but, I mean, he's got a pretty good record just recently with me, so I'm going to rock and roll with that. I'm going to I'm gonna choose, I'm going to choose to, like, believe that this is a, it's a good episode by him. 
Uh, but it all starts with our cast of characters. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Peter Sterling, Joseph Gribble, that fucker Carl Moss, Jimmy Richards back, Stuart Dooley, yes, Ramon is. Alejandro, Khan and Connie Supanisapone, and Sarah. This is Peter Sterling's wife. It just says Sarah, but I'm going to assume she took his last name, because why the fuck wouldn't you? Mark, synopsis for this episode. Career day at Tom Landry shows Bobby that even the dirtiest jobs can be rewarding. Uh, I need you to tell I I need you to tell the people who Peter Sterling is voiced by because I I will fangirl so fucking hard if I do it. Like you, it'll be twenty minutes of me talking about it. So I need you to do it for me. It's Johnny Knoxville. Um, mm. We know him. We love him from Jackass. Um, <laughs> we just saw him. We just saw him not too long ago, right? I don't know if he's, he's show, been in King of the he's Hill He's shown up in King of the Hill. No, he's shown up in King of the Hill. I just don't know where it was because you went nuts. And you literally, literally this is why you're telling me to do it because you went fucking insane the last time he showed up. Just uh, did I? Just this man. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm looking it up right, right now. I, yeah. Johnny Knoxville, King of the Hill. Because I, I believe that we owe it to uh, uh, to our our listeners here. Uh, he hasn't shown up yet. This is his first one, but he shows up two oh. more times. Huh? I swear to God, he's shown up. I don't know. No. So he shows up okay. two more times in season 11 and season 12. He is also the voice of Hoyt platter. Okay. So he's Peggy's brother. Okay. Yeah. Guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I cannot tell you how much God, we saw him before. I'm sure anyway, I'm yeah. well, yeah, I, I, well, you and I bring him up a whole bunch because Johnny Knoxville is just you like, love the man. I swear to God, him and Jack Black are just like the most incredible human beings in the world because they yeah. make you laugh. They, they make you cry. They make you like feel just that right for being insensitive yet sensitive at the same time. Um, and they, they just, they're so damn wholesome. If I if I could get reincarnated as any celebrity, I would want to be either of the two of them, even though they they both do insane things. Actually, no, I want to be Jack Black. Johnny Knoxville hurts himself way too fucking much. <laughs> I'm Johnny. We we know that. You're Jack, I'm Johnny. That's how this works. I'm I'm yeah. impact proof. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can have it. I don't want the, the the pains that guy has got to be going through in his daily life at this point after 20 years of being a stuntman, a de facto stuntman. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. You mind if I just uh, jump right into notes here? Because our A story is Bobby, Peter, and Hank. There's no real B story yeah. unless you want to consider Joseph A sub one. I don't really consider Not really. Joseph. He's just, he's there with it. Maybe you could do Dale as A sub one when he's trying to get Joseph to try harder because right. he knows that his earning, whatever, it's another stupid fucking Dale episode. Um, it is, I, it is. Well, yeah. So, yeah, however you want to bear that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but my notes here, uh, the Job Shadow Week reminds me of Take Your Kid to Work Day. We never had a full week off of school for that, though. Uh, did you <laughs> ever have, like, a full week where you just got to, like, spend it with your parent? No, that wasn't a thing that existed. Um, but when I was a produce wizard, I got a, I was put in charge of like six middle schoolers when I was the assistant manager, huh. and they're just like, "All right, this is this is Mark," or they they called me Mister Jones. I was like, "Cut that Mister Jones shit, kids. Call me Buffalo." Um, and I just like I ran that department with like an iron fist for like three days. Like these kids were all <laughs> jazzed to come to work. It was pretty cool. Like, it was it was the like four kids all under like all in middle school, and like we're like. 
whip, you know, it wasn't the like typical whipping bales of potatoes at him, but you know, we were doing yeah. some kind of dumb shit. Like we were in the back playing like fruit baseball and it was, it was fun. Oh, it was course. a good time. And I, I'm, it was kind of cool because like the first day I had three kids, the second day I had four kids. And then the last day of the week, I had six kids trying to get into produce. Oh shit. It, and so I was the just word like, of mouth right had spread. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was it was kind of cool because it was like, yeah, that buffalo dude is pretty neat. And for a while there, like, I would see the kids in the store. They'd be like, yo, what's up? And they'd, like, run over and give me some knuckles, and that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, we never had anything like that growing up. Okay. Yeah, like, it, as I said, it reminded me of Take Your Kid to Work Day. I definitely – my mom used to work at a pharmaceutical factory, but she was, like, an IT person. And I got to, like, tour the factory one day and see how pills and shit were made. And that was kind of cool, but – yeah, like never, never for a whole fucking week. Um, Where did you get note, all these lithiums from? I just had them. <laughs> what? I just, just, just had them. You know, it's, it's just fine. Um, my next note here: they're advertising for the Arlen Parks Department, and Parks jobs are terrible, especially for middle school kids, because all you're going to do all day long is either pick up trash walk around the park and do absolutely nothing or they're going to make you do physical labor. Like you're just going to have a shovel and you're going to be shoveling in the sun for eight hours. I did that as my first job. It was terrible. And then I did it again for some reason for 10 years and it was terrible. Guys, it's why I have a job that's kind of cushy and why I'm going to school to like sit on my ass and talk to people for a living because parks jobs seem like they're going to be fantastic. But Unless you're one of the very, very lucky few, like one in 100,000 people that can pull it off, you're never going to get the job at the national park that you really want. That's reserved for people that have actual skills like my buddy Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Not to crush your dreams, but I'm crushing your dreams. Don't go down that track. Um, The guest star for this episode. You need to hate your jobs. You need to hate them because it gives you the motivation and will to find that thing that you want to do. Like Johnny is going to be a therapist and I am going to be a professional radio host. Yeah. You also should be like, as as far as jobs are concerned, you shouldn't love your job either. You should be able to find satisfaction and some like sense of, I actually did something with my day and I worked for what I did because otherwise you're going to go home and just not know where the line starts and ends. You need to have that definitive okay, I am no longer at work. I can step away and disconnect now. If it's something you love, you're just going to want to keep fucking doing it when you get home. And you don't Mm -hmm. want to do that. Trust me. I like what I do, and it's very gratifying. However, I'm very glad to not be doing it when I get home every night. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The guest star for this episode, it it makes it jump an entire rating for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's we talked about it last week. And I know right right now, right ahead of time, that this it's going get, to get a whole big jump for me. And then my last one here is, uh, Mark, did you catch the um, National Lampoon reference in this episode? I don't know. I'm going to guess not then. Let me inform Pro- you yeah. that one of the probably the second most famous National Lampoon movie next to Vacation with Chevy Chase is a little tiny John Belushi joint called Animal House. And Animal House is representative of the Deltas. Where does Bobby go to pick up his puke? The Delta Sigma Tau house. It's a reference oh, to shit. Animal House. <laughs> oh, shit. Very cool. Yeah. So, those are my notes. What do you got for me, buddy? Um, excuse me. Did Joe Jack get some help 
first thing at the gate, there's Joe Jack working at Strickland again. Did it, is the office community service for pooping in the fryer? I don't know. Um, I would say so, honey. <laughs> so this is where I'm going to get shitty about rehashes. We see Bobby working at Strickland all the time, going as far back as junkie business in season two, right? Right. So why are we doing this? Why is it such a fucking issue? It makes sense that Bobby would want to mix it up. I bet you that Bobby has spent more summer days and, like, school-sanctioned Fridays and or Monday holidays at Strickland than maybe than Buck has. Like, I imagine that Bobby spends more time at Strickland than Buck Strickland does. Um, Probably. And I mean, like, in the on hours, not just, you know, gambling and doing hookers in his office. Um, But so, like, knocking, I get, Knocking I over Corky Raywood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buck is knocking over Corky Raywood, yes. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Deep cuts. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um you dude, you will always get me with Corky Raywood. I that's our new <laughs> pump jockey, I think, is Corky Raywood. Um So like it's reasonable to me that Bobby would not only not want to hang out with his dad for a week, because he already lives with his dad. It's like you're saying, you need to have that like dividing line in you know, home life and work life. Um, but also like Bobby's worked here before. This is stupid. I don't understand what Hank's like fucking boner is, but whatever. Um, the job fair scene is an amazing scene that music. Okay. So like number one, um, how do you do this? You know, the uh, lemon of Troy episode of Simpsons and they make the joke to animate Springfield prettier for that episode. Right. Yeah. They animate the gym scene. So when Moss opens that door and the kids, even starting there when they're all talking outside the gym and like Connie's all horned up and Dooley's like, my future starts today. Like (laughs) starting with that little bit there. Yeah. Starting with that little bit there and then in through like the music is on point. Like it is whimsical and sweeping. It is so much fun. And then it switches to like tense and menacing when Hank sees Joseph. Oh, it's just nice. It's just a great little scene. This is how this is the little bits in King of the Hill that we get so excited about. And god damn it, did I get excited about this? Um we already talked about my cadre of eighth graders that I ruled the produce department with with an iron fist. And you already talked about your deal, so we can skip that note. Um Peter's got a really solid business concept slash plan slash model, and it's totally working out. It, it's amazing. He's already found success in this, and he's a young dude. Versus Hank is a total capitalism simp, and it really pisses me off. Like, uh huh. Hank, this episode really just docks this episode rating. I just, we'll get into it with cons a little bit more, but just as a general note, like, Peter knows what's up. This is a good, this is a good episode for, like, this idea that, like, this isn't, this is a really, maybe Dan Sterling is forward thinking. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why we have so many issues with him. But like, okay. especially with like Sun Also Roses, like what is a classically masculine hobby? Well, you have Michael Clark Duncan growing roses. Um, Rover runs through <laughs> it like the, the the problems of the old West versus the modern West. And like, so what's the reverse of Manifest Destiny? It's celebrities coming back and like gentrifying these mountain right. towns and like cow towns that have existed. So like, it's, he's more forward-thinking, I think. Um, picking up dog shit is a crappy job. Sorry to make the pun. But, like, dude, 
you find the thing that no one wants to do and do it. That is how I have lived my life. That is why I became a produce wizard yeah. because I worked the shifts that no one wanted to and I ascended to like managerial power. And yes, it crushed me as a human and I'm still recovering from it. But at the same time, like do the thing no one else wants to do. That's how you exist in the world today. And Hank is too stupid to see it, but points to Dan Sterling because he's pointing this out now. Like I think Dan Sterling might be a younger voice in the writing room if that makes sense. No, that that it's it's interesting to say um, he might be or at least he's one of the more progressive voices. But along that same vein, I find it funny that Hank doesn't appreciate this a little bit more because what's the what's more of a definition of a self-made man? Somebody who goes and works for another guy like him and Buck Strickland and just sits there and, and gets rewarded for 20 years of service with maybe one day he'll become a manager or the guy who literally builds his business from the ground up and achieves everything he's ever wanted, even though it's a, it's an industry that just has never been tapped and is not the most glorifying. Like Hank should yeah. be more impressed with this than he is. And he, he lets his own like personal influence get in the way of that. Yeah. And, and, and Peter's going to retire by the time he's like, what, 38, you think? Or he's going to have somebody else at least run his business for him. Like, well, yeah. but that's what I mean. Like he's Peter will ascend to Buck Strickland hood. Before Buck Strickland ascended to like, but because I, I, you know, as much shit as we talk about him, Buck Strickland is like probably one of the most wealthy people in Heimlich Cat. Well, he was until right. all eight times he divorced Ms. Liz, but like, um, he's one of the wealthiest people in our or in Heimlich County. He's got four branches of Strickland, like. So this is what you're saying. Yeah, like Peter is effectively self-made and Hank should be totally up on Peter's dick about it. And 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 he's not gonna need to work post thirty-six, like. Yeah, this is a perfect Shit, dude for Bobby to emulate. That's the fucking dream. Yes, yes it is. Like, and you know what? And Bobby doesn't have a problem doing the work. That's it too, is like, anyway, sorry, we'll get into this a little bit later because that is actually more on my con list. I had a lot of cons this week. Every Okay, so mm. Hank goes to Peter and begs him, oh, well, it's my boy and you're a good looking dude and I'm sorry, but you're charming too, blah, 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 but it's Bobby. Everybody likes Bobby Hill. Chain yep. is a bully. Chain is a fucking... Like, but that's it. That's what Chain is. Chain is the biggest shank in my class, said Connie, Super News and Pone once. Like, nobody likes Chain. You know, he's a piece of shit. Um, Clark yeah. Peters is Bobby's buddy. Dooley is Bobby's buddy. Ramon Alejandro is might be Bobby's biggest goddamn fan. I We see Ramon Every going nuts over Bobby fight, antics. Every time he gets into a fight, he shoves a green bean up his nose and makes a new friend. Exactly. Everybody likes Bobby. And I really hate that Hank is just like, oh, well, my boy can't do this because people are going to make fun of it. Fuck you, man. I just, mm. um, other note, Jimmy Witchard is back. God, I'm glad to see Jimmy Witchard. I don't think we've yeah, seen him was... since what? Say uh, Napa, Un King of the Hill? I think so. And it was, uh, it was unexpected. I forgot that that was where this episode ends. You talk about deep cuts coming in at season 10. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Way to bring him back. Oh, that's what that says. Okay, sorry. Um, Mark really needs to learn how to use punctuation in his notes when he types them. Peter might be the most, or, or sorry, Peter might be the best one-off character that we've seen. And I think yes. they do him super dirty, and it kind of bugs me. I I really enjoy the character of Peter. I think he's, I think he's great. Like, more people need to watch this kind of shit. This is like Big Mouth kind of thing, where like if someone else might have seen this, it might have helped them a little bit further down the road in life, you know? Yeah. 
And instead, you make fun of the dude who picks up dog shit for a living, or just shit for a living, and it's like, but, but like that's you're the paying joke. him, but you're paying him. Like, who's it's it's strippers, it's strippers. Who's exploiting who? You know, right? And it's not glamorous, but who's making more money? Because I guarantee you that any stripper right now has more money than I do. Um. So Bobby is not my first one here. Bobby's not wrong in wanting a change of pace and Hank should be the one letting him explore. So my pro here is that I really appreciate Peggy sticking up for him at breakfast and going it, when Bobby's like, I don't think I want to do this this year. And Peggy just yeah. like backing him up. It's like, good for you. You're being a good parent on this. And Hank is for all of his faults. And he, he very much wants Bobby to be there and to do it. He gives in for a little bit there. Like he, he goes immediately back to it when he gets into the, the gym but like for at least a little bit, he's like, no, I do want him to go and explore and to do his own thing. Like he has to openly acknowledge it for himself because otherwise, yeah, he is. He knows he's a big piece of shit for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just to me, it was this is a plus parenting from Peggy. And it's what I've come to expect from her. She doesn't just blindly support Bobby in every single thing he does to support him. There's a, lo- a lot of it that is there to inspire growth in him. And this is a great example of that. Um, yeah. Peggy's Peggy really good. This Sorry, can I cut you off really quick? No, go I for it, because really my next one's a Peggy note, I, too. Well, I just really appreciate Peggy in Act 1 this week. She's super supportive. She's It's what you're saying, like... She is being a really good mother, and then I, but I, but then she kind of jumps the shark with they're talking about the alpaca shit, and oh, I'm not yeah. a dinner person. I'm gonna go sit in the truck. Like, it's it's animal shit, and quite for okay. You know what? You keep talking. We'll, we'll get to this in a little while. <laughs> we'll you get. We'll get I apologize. there. I, I don't mean to hijack. Sorry. No, no, you're good. So my next one's a Peggy one as well, and I I also appreciate her like being able to separate. Hey, this is my work persona, and this is my parent persona. Where she's like, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? It makes me really frustrated as a parent, but as a teacher, <laughs> I want you to leave it the hell alone. Like I get a week I want you off to mind from your these damn kids. Business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I I get a week yeah. off. Leave me the fuck alone. Um, I, yeah. I appreciated that. That felt very authentic. Um, you already brought this up, but I'm going to hit it too. Sterling is Please. charming as hell. Like Peter Sterling is one of the greatest characters in King of the Hill. Like for someone who only shows up one time, he's almost up there with Gilbert for me. I almost like him as much as yeah. Gilbert because he, everything he does isn't malicious. It's to help forward a character. It's to help like, it's to help Bobby explore and grow as a character. Like there's all this really good stuff that he brings in and he is charming. Um, he's very relatable. I think we've all, we've all known a Peter Sterling. It's the person that is super successful and you go, God, I just like, I want to hate you for all the cool shit that you have and all the awesome stuff you get to do, but I can't hate you because I want to be your friend because you are just the coolest dude in the world. We all have that friend. Well, it's that person that they, you kind of hear about him tangentially, and you're like, oh, God, this guy sounds like a D-Gen. And then you get to meet him, and you're like, wow. like, <laughs> Right. You know, it's, yeah. like, And then you're like, wow, this is a really cool dude. Like, he, yeah. he's actualized. He's very well-balanced and centered and focused. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. 
Well, and maybe maybe this is me projecting the fact that I know that it's Knoxville that is doing this voice because it's always how I pictured myself meeting Knoxville. He seems like the most down to earth guy. You know, he's he's willing to put his own body out on the line with everybody else when he does stunts and shit for jackass or he's willing to sit in a makeup chair for hours and hours and hours on end to go and do his old man makeup to do something like Bad Grandpa. The guy mm-hmm. is a genuine creative. He loves doing stunt work. He's made his business out of that, but he also just seems so genuine. Like th- there are moments where he he goes and checks on his friends. I I'm thinking of um, I love I love the line from the very first Jackass movie where they they do dizzy boxing or not dizzy, dizzy boxing uh department store boxing. It's him and Butterbean. Yeah, and he gets his yeah. shit rocked yeah, 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 yeah. real hard. Like definitely has a concussion, and the first words out of his mouth, one to be funny, and two probably because he he just is genuinely like. I'm curious. How did this go? Hey, is Butterbean okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. Like it's stuck with me forever. So for me, it's really hard for me to separate Peter and, and Knoxville because they're both charming as hell. They could get away with anything. And I just, I want to do anything in the world to be around them, to be their friend. Um, I also love that the, the mystique is immediately erased. You know, he, like they, they, he brings how he brings Hank into his house where he's got arcade machines in this beautiful, like aquarium full of fish. They're having burgers on his nice patio and everything else. And the guy is so genuinely interested that he completely forgets. He probably shouldn't talk about shit at dinner. Yeah. And that's, that is where the, the sheen finally comes off. And it's not that he's doing it to gross them out. He's just being ignorant about, Oh, I probably shouldn't talk about this. I guess we're going to talk well, about it anyway. Well, but, 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 sorry, I'm going to jump in here. Um, he's yeah. not taught. No, he shouldn't not talk about it. He's literally. Okay. So like, I like that scene a lot because him and Bobby are both so excited about the day they had. And then you cut to Sarah and she is like, holy shit, dude, you need to fuck it. Peggy's going to walk to the truck, but she needs to put on some hip waiters to get around Sarah's fucking mess from like, yeah. When she starts creaming, listening to, listening to him talk about the alpaca shit, like it's he's they're they're just talking shop, and this is no different. I'm sorry, yes, it's shit. Sure, it's different, but like it is no different than Hank going. And then I sold another Char King Imperial. So like, this is just Hank talking about grill stravaganza, but it's shit. And that's the only difference. Yeah. It's just the media. I used to come home and not yell at Amanda, but like I used to, you know what? There's two wizards where I came. There's old two wizards where I, there was the one where I built, um, I built Mount Cantaloupe. L- l- listeners go back in two wizards. Lords, like episode four or five. I built this like gigantic display of cantaloupe. It was something like 400 cases of cantaloupe, literally a ton of cantaloupe. And I called it Mount Cantaloupe. And that son of a bitch sold out in like, three hours it was insane it was the most proud i've ever been and nobody i can hear you rolling your eyes right now johnny because you don't give a fuck (laughs) about cantaloupe but like this man is passionate about his field and fucking a that is so important and it doesn't matter what it is but like but bobby too bobby's got the goddamn spark sure sure it's gauche to talk about shit at dinner but like is shit any is alpaca shit? We'll break it down this way: is animal-based herbivore shit any worse than propane? No, no, it's not. Like, it's, 
he's just so he's so <laughs> cool about it, and he's so down to earth. And quite frankly, I would sit there and listen to this man talk about shit. Tell me about the time you went to the aquarium and the 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 sea lion got loose, and it was like there's fish bones everywhere, and you had to power wash it. Like, talk to me about that. I want to know about this thing. Like, and it's it just speaks to the ability of Johnny Knoxville, like as a charming charismatic person to dan sterling's writing ability to write this character talking about literal shit and i'm invested in it and like fucking a all right i'm done i'm i'm, I'm gushing i apologize <laughs> no you're good my so my only rebuttal to that because i i agree with you about 98 percent. my only rebuttal to that is when you notice that your guest is uncomfortable with something which he should have noticed like you can tell through hank and peggy's body language maybe change the subject or maybe don't go into detail maybe pick up on the subtle hints of oh well oh, yeah read the, the room three read the, the goddamn room us, yeah like exactly read the room so n- not that yeah. you're wrong because i do i love his passion for it and i completely agree with all of that but it's like eh, i love that his his like fatal flaw here is that he can't read the room and that his his poo talk is what ultimately overdoes it um Passion. Another pro here. I've got two more. Uh, Peggy losing her shit at at the table for Bobby being dirty. I love that they just keep cutting away to her. Did you wait? Yeah. Are you wearing those shoes? Were you wearing those shoes today? Did you wash your hands? Were you wearing that jumpsuit today? Bobby, get the hell out of here! Like, I well, love the that's gross. The urgency. Bobby hasn't changed his clothes from work. Like that is that yeah. pro to Peggy. Like yeah. Yes, but I love the the re- rapidity of. Like the the build up for it because it's already urgent and then it gets more urgent and by the end of it she is practically screaming at him. Um, yes. My last pro here and then I'll let you get to yours is that holy shit they pulled a jackass stunt in an animated shoe in an animated show. Yes. Did not they think did. that was and possible. I, thank you. And I'm so impressed that they managed to do it because I got the same giddy feeling I do when I watch Steve-O get shoved into a, a porta potty and and just knocked over. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> It seems like like the the dudes coming in and roughing him up for just as a skit to teach a lesson seems like a jackass skit in and of itself. Yeah. So, um, Mark, give me some of your pros, buddy. Like I haven't fucking hijacked you already way too much. I'm sorry, dude. (laughs) You're good. You're good. (laughs) This is such a weird episode for me because it really pissed me off. But God damn it. Do I love do I love uh, uh, Sterling? Yeah, Dan Sterling's a writer, and our other Sterling is Josh. Peter. Oh my God, Peter! Thank you. I'm mashing names in my head. I apologize. Um, you good? So in the um pros, so in the um when they open up the gym for career day, there is a kid that eats shit and then gets trampled. That is hilarious. Uh, we here at Dangle Podcast do not endorse child violence, but we do think it's funny when it is appropriate. Um, yes. I, You know what? This might be a con for you, for my pro, but I got to give one to Carl Moss, man. That he sticks up for Joseph? I don't know what ethnicity that boy is, but I'm not going to get into it. That's how you fucking administrate, Carl. That is how you do it. You are making Hank be accountable and equal representation and mm, 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 tasty. He's sticking to his guns. Give me two it scoops of that good. Carl Moss. Yes. God, I hate yes, Carl Moss, Yes, it is. I, oh, I know. Oh, I know you do, big guy, but God damn it, that is a good little Carl Moss bit. I'm also going to quit calling you big guy. I don't know where that one fucking came from. I apologize. <laughs> blame, blame it that I've been awake since, like, midnight, my time. 
we probably could have cut this like when you woke up at 8 a.m. this morning, your time. Um, as a parent, I would like to change things. As an ed- educator, I want them to mind their own damn business. You already called it out, but boy, that is yeah. a great, great Peggy line. Um, I love Bobby and Peter getting all horned up at al- about alpaca shit at dinner. Mm-hmm. That's I, We already talked about that ad nauseum, so I'm going to stop. But that's a great little bit. And then I really, really like the Hank and Bobby fight at dinner. That is a... So we've, this is now season 10 and we've seen their disagreements and shit. Like the one that comes to mind is uh, reborn to be wild. And he's talking about when I'm 18, I'm going to get the tattoo and the piercings and all this shit for Jesus. I'm going to get horned up for Jesus. Um, yeah, but like, but this one, this, this is Bobby being resolute. And he even calls Hank out and he goes, you know what? If this was propane, you would be so into it, but it isn't. So you're not. And man, that is that's Some okay. Teenage so like, angst, man. Well, you know that moment when you knew you could hurt your parents by saying things to them. That's yeah. Bobby doing this. Like, is it mean? Yeah, totally, a thousand percent. But he's also a thirteen-year-old kid, and like, he is now like Bobby is leveled up as a as a human because now he can take the piss out of his dad, and he does. I'm sorry, Bobby wins that fucking fight. Like, uh huh. It, 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 and, and, but then also, like, tangential side pro, you already called this out, but, like, Peggy, every, like, third line, wait a minute, did you wear that to work? Are those the same <laughs> shoes you wore today? Bobby, did yep. you wash your hands? Like, so Hank and Bobby are yelling at each other at the dinner table. They are really going at it. And, like, it's also cool that Hank is engaged. And, like, this isn't he's going to throw his sandwich at Bobby. Bobby isn't Luann. Like, right. Hank is he respects listening him more. to Bobby. Yeah, like, he respects him more, and Hank is listening to this bit, or or to his, he's not listening, listening, but he's listening, he's there, and, like, fuck, that dinner scene. Uh, Yes, I know that, like, you kind of get uncomfortable when Hank and Peggy fight, and that will kind of tank your ratings a little bit, but, like, this little bit, just this little snapshot is great, but it's also why I'm super glad we don't get to see Bobby as, like, a 16-year-old kid, because then this would just keep happening, and then it would get obnoxious, but... Man, that dinner fight, that is so good. That is such a good little fight scene. Uh, those are my pros. Talk to me about your cons. Um, In listening to your pros, I had a, a moment of realization, and you and I pro- kind of promised each other we were going to stop harping on this. I won't harp on it, but I do want to point it out. Um, Peggy is officially working at The Bystander, but she refers to herself as an educator in this episode. Uh, continuity it's fucking stupid we don't know where we are in the timeline hey man come august i'll have been an an insurance wizard for a year and i still talk about my time as a produce wizard so it's all right that's true that's true okay you you, i I respectfully withdraw you can speak to your time as a uh, groundskeeping wizard so yeah yeah Yeah, it's true it's very true (laughs) yeah um I only have two cons here. One is that poor Hank has to deal with Dale 2.0 all week, and it is not satisfying or fun to watch. I do not give a shit about the Joseph B. story. It's why we haven't mentioned it in half an hour of recording right now. Um, It's obnoxious, and it doesn't need to be here. I get it, but you you don't need Dale in every episode. You don't need Dale, but I like some bits. I like the bit where he's like, standing there at the stack and Hank's talking about the Char King and he's like twisting the knob open and close. And he's like, if you do that enough, you're going to kill us. Like, and he just keeps doing it <laughs> and he keeps doing it. Or like, 
um, when Hank is trying to sell that woman, and he's like, but when you're grilling, don't hold your cat too close, or it'll jump in and explode. Like, that's a good Joseph, that's a very Joseph thing to say. I agree with you, like, I don't like the the A-sub one of Hank and Joseph, but it's got little bits in there, I guess? And I also, like, you drank my soda. That was just a little bit, dude. Like, alright. Like, yeah. I kind of like forcing Hank to hang out with Joseph. And I think they did it right because it shows just the, the 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 proper balance of what a shithead he is versus, like, how benign the shitheadedness is. And, like, I also think that Hank could come... A- it's also we need to make Hank really appreciate the week that he didn't get with Bobby because, right. goddammit, like, you, 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 you... Okay, you can't like your job, but you gotta like your kid. <laughs> and you gotta come it's home true. and see your kid. And so Joseph is letting Hank like his kid a little bit more, but... Oh, for sure. I don't know. I If I'm going to see Joseph do stupid shit, I would rather him do it with Bobby. Um, I will admit yeah. that if, if you have to have a Joseph and Hank episode, this is the absolute most that I would ever want to see them interact alone, alone together. Like, any more than this, and it's way too much. So... Um, and then my last one here, you brought up earlier in this, uh, when we were talking about this episode, about how beautiful the animation is when they go into the gym. Uh, did you notice the real janky animation when Bobby and Peter are on the four by four? Cause more than once, it literally looks like they, they just like animated a cell and then drug it across the screen, the screen, like <laughs> yes. it that looked lazy as yes. shit. Yes. That four by four is so <laughs> yeah. janky at some points, not all of them, but uh, uh, like one specific scene where it's a long shot and they're in the background. I'm like, yeah, it looks like somebody just drew a picture of you guys on a four by four. didn't bother to move your models and drug it across the rest of the panel. Like, okay, I guess that works. <laughs> yeah. But those are my big cons for this one. Um, not a lot to hate okay. here for me. Uh, give me, give me what yours okay. are because you mentioned you had a couple of them. Yeah, I'm sorry. I also keep hijacking you, and I'm I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep hijacking. No. I just there's certain points in this episode that they really stick out in my, they really stick out to me, and I kind of just want to address them. Um, number one, you just hit this. I don't, but it's different. I don't understand the logistics of that four wheeler tank combo. Like, Peter should have a dropship. He should have like a truck with a trailer attached to it, because like I know you fucked around with four wheelers. I've fucked around with four wheelers. Like, yeah, sure. They got pretty solid fuel range, but like not enough to drive around the whole of Heimlich County. Like, and they just show up and it's just, and I think the only like issue or the only reason that it makes sense is like, so Bobby isn't 16, but he can drive a four wheeler with a poop trailer attached to it. So like, whatever. I don't know. Like, okay. So logistically uh, it makes sense. Logistically, it makes sense until you think about, well, how does the poop trailer get to the various places? Because they're not... It's also, like, I don't want to imagine um, Peter and Bobby just, like, fucking uh, Lucky Pierre or, you know, Bobby riding bitch seat as they go around to place to place. That's I don't want to think about that. That's kind of weird. I need them to be in a right. pickup truck, like, side by side, not back to back. Um, So, I'm going to jump into this now. Um. Hank and Peggy are both assholes. I know I talked some good shit about Peggy in the beginning being supportive, but, sure. like, come act three, come the last couple acts, like, no, they're not. Um, And I'm just going to read this as I wrote it. Um, I can feel them dropping my rating. Ten seasons of Hank should be over the goddamn moon for Bobby taking responsibility. He is creating a business on his own. Yes, it will fail because he's 14, but it will fail. And that will be critical experience for Bobby to understand and appreciate. And Hank should fucking be there for that. He's not here for that. Very uncharacteristic of Hank. Um... 
he's excited and there is nothing or, or sorry and there's mm-hmm, sorry there is nothing more to a career than he- than money and healthcare hank needs to shut the fuck up i'm just i'm sorry like if i have a tally of how many times hank needs to shut up and stop being a prick it it, it numbers into the 20s in this episode then he goes to peter and fucks with him and then he makes he he, he kind of like not extorts but like what do you call this like light extortion like light I don't know what you call this bullying, whatever this is. This is like he goes emotionally to Peter and he goes, extortions him. Thank you. There we are. Thank you. He emotionally extorts Peter. Like I hate that. And then like Hank guilting Peter into doing something is bullshit out of character for Hank. I know how much I rail about like Hank gives a speech to save the episode, but mm-hmm. like this isn't that. This isn't that at all. This is Hank just being an asshole, disagreeing with Peter's life choices, and like telling him to go tell. Bobby that it's wrong you know like um the 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 big takeaway I took from this is like this would be tantamount to um like let's say my own private rodeo Hank walks up to bug and goes bug I need you to tell Dale you're not gay you just don't want to see him because being gay upsets Hank does that make sense like Hank has no business being where he's being just shut up just stop just and it's what we already talked about. Like, this is a good business model. Peter's going to retire by 36. Like, and Hank is just an asshat about it. And it really bothers me. Um, sidebar to that. And now this didn't hold up. This is almost like a pre-retro reference rage. But I'm mad that, like, this isn't the case anymore. Bobby's 13. He can't start a business. He just right. can't. It's not going to work. And, like, now you got kids working at McDonald's and slaughterhouses. And they're, like, what, 12, 13 years old. So, yeah, it didn't hold up. But, man, I... He doesn't have infrastructure. He's using Hank's cell phone. And, like, Hank could be supportive. Hank could be cool and just go, yeah, you can use my cell phone, Bob. Like, whatever, you know? Like, but he doesn't. Instead, Hank chooses to be a dickhead. And so just resounding, um, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Dan Sterling did this so well, and we didn't. That's where I'm at. I know I'm really mad. I'm sorry I'm so upset. But, like, ugh. I, <laughs> this episode really put a bad taste in my mouth. This is a shitty episode, and Hank is the shithead this week. It ain't Bobby getting poop on him. It's Hank. It, Hank is the shitty one. Anyway. So I want to reframe something before we move on to our favorite moments here. Please. Um, because yeah, yeah. I I do not see this as – I do not feel the same way you do about this episode at all. And I want to defend my position here. I And he, here's here's my main point of contention that I think I can use to at least put a couple of things into perspective for you. When early on, I think it's, it's season one or season two, um, Husky Bobby, we yes. have the moment where Hank says, I, I'm doing this for you and I'm doing this for your own good. I am taking you out of this to protect you because as your father, I've been like, I've seen what's going to happen. I was the guy that was going to do this to you. Um, yes. For his own good. He took Bobby out of the fashion show. Bobby avoided getting pelted with donuts, all this other stuff. I see this as the evolution of Hank in that moment because Hank now understands I can no longer interject myself like this into his life. Bobby has grown up. He is at least a year older. I mean, if we want to go canonically, at least a year older. Um, He has started to represent and show that I'm an independent thinker. I want to go out and have my own business. I want to go out and do this. I want to go out and do that. I don't want to follow in your footsteps and do propane. And so Hank understands and realizes the same basic tenet from Husky Bobby. 
you, regardless of if you start this business now and it's successful or not, from here on out for the rest of your school career, for the rest of any time that anybody from your school days has known you, you're going to be the kid that went and picked up vomit. Like you're going to be branded with that for the rest of your life. And I don't want that for you. I don't like successful or not. I don't want you to be the vomit kid, but I can't tell you that. And so what does he do? He goes respectfully to Peter. Cause I feel like he addresses Peter very respectfully. I don't have a problem sure, with what you sure, do, sure. you know, like y- well, he you calls him charming. He even says way. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he ta- and he's talking to the guys in the in the alley, like, and they're all just like, "Oh yeah, it's an honest living. It is what it is. Like we wouldn't do it, but in and of itself, there's nothing super wrong with it." But he goes up pretty respectfully to Peter and says, "This is the route my kid is taking, and I don't see him being as successful as you. Not because he's he's not likable, but just because there's a lot of things like Peter's going to be able to go and and make it easier an easier life for him if." He ever needed to. Bobby has an established life for him that Hank wants him to be able to keep because look at Hank's life. All of his friends that he still has, his closest and nearest and dearest, are all friends from grade school. What happens when Joseph doesn't want to be associated with the vomit kid? What happens when Connie doesn't want to be associated with the vomit kid? Clark Peters and Dewey. Oh no! Maybe they even we make don't fun have of him the bad association of Joseph. Gr- Fuck you! No, Peters and Dooley are gonna work <laughs> for Bobby. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I, no, I just hold see on. that like I'm gonna pick up poop all day. Like Dooley's jazzed right. his shit about it. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So no, and so I now it definitely gets farcical in the end. I don't think it needs to go to the extent of Jimmy Witchard literally grabbing a, a bunch of other brain damaged goons and shoving somebody into, into a porta potty to get the point across. But Hank is respecting Bobby's autonomy and saying, I know I can't step in and do this for you. Like I did during Husky Bobby. I can't literally just pull you out of this. I need to find another way to show you. There is a downside to this that you're not putting into perspective. Um, now, that may or may not have ever happened to Bobby. He may never have a, a quote-unquote masher situation. But you may get one person that just decides, no, you're you're the vomit guy, and that's all you're ever going to be, and they are loud, and they're obnoxious, and, and they just totally take Bobby down a peg every time they see him because he's the vomit kid. So I... Okay. I I appreciate your position here. Uh, that's not how I took it. So I mean, I don't know if I convinced you at all that that this is as shitty, but that's why this this episode means a lot more to me because I see Hank growth in it. I see him finally letting go and going. All right, my kid needs to be independent, and I still want to be his dad and look out for him. And I want to have him be able to make these mistakes, but I I'm not quite ready to let him have a big big one like this. Does that make sense? Uh, no, I mean, yes, I get what you're saying, but honestly, I think you solidi- re-solidified my point and even dropped my rating a little bit lower. Oh, um, no. Well, I didn't mean to the do masters that. Are, but, okay. No, 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 no. But no, just real quick rebuttal. I don't want to dwell too much on it, but like, cause, but hey, I'm really glad. I'm, you know, it's been a minute since you and I have been so opposed on an episode, so this is kind of cool. It has. Um, it has. No, the, the masters thing isn't a real thing. That doesn't exist. That doesn't... That isn't a thing. Hank has to fabricate a fucking scenario, and it gets turns into a dude getting assaulted by Jimmy Witchard and his, like, group of goons. And a thing that would not have happened had Hank not stepped in and had to be the big swinging dick because it wasn't propane. Like, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, this doesn't exist. Hank, you know, it. this isn't a real thing. And sure, I get what you're saying about the vomit kid deal, but, like... yeah. It's Bobby. 
Bobby, he's going to stuff a green bean up his nose and make people laugh. So, yeah, he's got, you know what, like, he's also working at a community college or whatever that is. I don't know why a... Does Ar- is, does Arlen have a state school or not? I don't know, but like no, it's got to be it's com- got to be community college, and I don't know why. Well, okay, got a but frat I've never there, known but... a community college to have a fraternity on it. But like, there's also multiple sororities. I don't. <laughs> Dude, uh, we went to a college college that is this didn't a thing? have a yeah. We went to yeah we went to a, yeah, yeah, we went to a state school that didn't houses. have them. So I don't know, listeners in Texas, clear this one up for me, maybe. But like, so he's gonna be working with like not kids, but like kids, you know, and. I, I, I don't know. I, yes, I understand on the one hand, like, yeah, he's going to be the vomit guy. But no, he's not. Not forever. He's doing this when he's a kid. And he's also a kid. He's going to lose steam in this in, like, a month. Hank should yeah. sh- sit back and shut up and let Bobby burn himself out. Because this is as this, this is the same as, you know, um, Reborn Again. This is the same as Tartuffe. This is the same as whatever insert Bobby's doing this week. But instead, instead... Hank needs to show up and be a prick. This is, but okay, but also, but also, but also, this isn't Witches of Arlen, where like Bobby is gonna get the shit kicked out of him for being a fucking wizard, and but then Bobby like goes, "Whoa, you guys are dorks!" Like Bobby's not gonna have this realization. Like if I were to put myself in the shoes of Bobby, I wouldn't have this realization. I would say I'm making a ton of money. The work really isn't that hard. Yeah, sure, it's kind of gross, but like. Man, I worked in a horse stable. Muck and stalls is pretty low grade, benign work. It's not right. bad at all. Like it's just it's it's a part of it. Like everybody poops, homie. You know, like, and instead, and instead, Hank needs to like go to this man. Hank is mad because Bobby isn't into propane, and that taints the entire thing. And Hank should learn how to read the room and go. Maybe my son is bored hanging out with me in propane. Like. And sure, we didn't see an episode where Bobby becomes a forest ranger, or Bobby is the one that goes to the, uh, uh, what, what it's con- the, the medical book proofreading. You know, we don't get that, but like, right. This was a positive experience for Bobby that Hank totally fucked up, and it will fuck Bobby up for the rest of his life because now, because now Bobby will have this connotation and this kind of work, this like type of, this doing the work that no one else wants to do will now be a bad point for Bobby, and it's gonna kind of color his choices for the rest of his life. Hank did that. This is Hank shortchanging Bobby's future. I'm done talking. I apologize. Um, favorite moments. I don't know. I'm very <laughs> upset. I have a boner because I'm so upset right now. No, no, no. It's okay. And, and you, you know, you have, you, like you mentioned, it's been a minute since you and I opposed things. Um, I, I, that's the beauty of this show is it, it, this episode probably shouldn't have been this divisive and yet it was. Maybe it's because you and I care so much about these characters that that we want to see them grow organically. And well, cl- very clearly this week, one one of us feels that it got stunted, and one of us feels like there was growth. Um, but hey, fuck it, say la vie, man. It 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 is what it is, and I'm not gonna get mad at you over it. I I hope this. No, makes not, good, I know good you're not gonna get content. mad at me because that's oh no, yeah, what we're here for. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> you bitch. Guys, we're going into favorite moments before Mark starts hurling um, um, Texas slurs at me. Uh, Mark, my favorite moment, I have two of them. First off, is the poo man. He's pick a poo. It's, it's just Jimmy Wichert. It's its Jimmy Wichert screaming yeah. about the poo man. 
Jimmy Wichard showing up, David Herman, sorry, 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 David Herman getting to be Jimmy Wichard actually is like, it's a bump up in this episode. As much as I hate Jimmy Wichard being here, <laughs> God, I'm so happy to see Jimmy Wichard. Right. Um, and my next one is Toby Huss. It's a joke, Mark. What has red neck and brown hands? <laughs> That's the biggest one. Is Khan. And Khan makes fun of Hank all the time, so why does it... I don't care. I'm not... I don't know. It's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite moments, buddy? I'll tell you my favorite moments are, you fucking sidewinder. There's your Texas slur for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I got the Go back giggles. to Oklahoma sooner. <laughs> oh, 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 listeners, we're pulling out the big guns. We thought that uh, uh, Teep or Harlottown was the one where Johnny and Mark broke up, but no, this is it. Uh, um, <laughs> you double dealing, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Last uh, week, Mark quit the uh, podcast. <laughs> Because he disagreed with Johnny. <laughs> Episode about shit. They really stirred the shit. It doesn't matter. Here's Mark's favorite moment. It was um. It was two of them. It was the anim- or the beginning animation. So number one, the entire career fair scene in the gym, uh, starting okay. with Dooley going, "My future starts today." That was. <laughs> Dooley's excited okay. to be here. I love that. That's really great. Um, then it is that dinner scene when, like, they're talking about the alpaca shit and Hank and Peggy are freaking out so bad and Sarah's getting so horny for Peter, like, and they're just so excited. It's like, it was alpaca. We charged him by the pound. And, like, man, <laughs> just that, like, you can see the, like, satisfaction in both those characters talking about their day of at work and, like, it was a new thing and it was a challenge. And it was an opportunity to grow and expand as people in this profession. And I really, really, really liked that. I got the hiccups. I apologize. Um, oh, good, bud. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry I got so heated at you. I just... It's fine. This one no, really... It's... Not heated at you. Just, you know, I I really yeah. think that a lot of this episode is Hank being just super out of character. And it could have been done better, but it wasn't. But I don't know how you would have fixed it. So I got nothing. Talk to me, buddy. Well, hey, we're we're gonna just we're gonna split our audience because half of them are gonna agree with me that Hank is growing, and the other half are gonna be pissed along with you. So it's fine. Um, I say we race listeners. This we're gonna put up a poll. <laughs> Johnny was right. Mark was right. You tell us. Or we're both wrong. That could be it. Um, I don't see anybody a wearing of... a Johnny was a dope T-shirt. Well, it's because they ran out in the first twenty seconds. <laughs> On a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what do you give businesses picking up, Mark? Can you, uh, no, you know what, I'll just rate it, it's fine. Um, it's a Megalo. Um, every time I break down our rating system, I say that a Megalo is a turd of an episode, but there are shiny, shiny chunks of corn in that turd of an episode to make it okay. We get a couple shiny chunks of turd in this episode, like Johnny Knoxville. He is an amazing guest. He does so well. Um, his appearance in this episode boosted the episode for me. Yeah, um, oh yeah. Um, little bits with Joseph being stupid is a little bit of a shiny turd. Uh, Carl Moss yelling at Hank because I don't know what race that boy is, but you can't discriminate against him, Hank. Sure. Great. But by and large, no, this is a megalo. I hate this episode. I'm not putting it back on. I'm not going to watch it. Um, I will look back and smile fondly at Peter Sterling because he's a great character, but that's, 
It's the same way that you take a big old shit and go, that was a good shit, but I never want to relive that shit that I just took, and that was this episode. How about you, buddy? <laughs> uh, well, I'm on the other end of the spectrum, man. I give it a Char King. Wow! Okay, cool. I gave it a Char King. Awesome. Hank's speech to Peter at the end is exactly what I would want to hear if I was in Peter's position, because like I said, Hank is very respectful of saying, I don't have a problem with what you do, and I appreciate that, that you know... You are successful and you're doing us all this right. And I'm not judging you, but I really don't want my kid to get bullied and I need your help with this. So mm-hmm. I, to me, I, I like that it ties it up in the end. I can't gush enough about how much I love Johnny Knoxville. The dude has been a part of my life, like my childhood forever. I was a kid of the, the 80s and 90s, well, late late 80s, early 90s. So I grew up watching Jackass and skate culture, um, you know, Big Brother magazine and all that shit where he got his start. And... I've I've grown along with him. One of my favorite little bits is Jackass 2.5 has Mike Judge as a guest star. He's there for one specific skit, and I have to imagine that's why Johnny Knoxville and him ended up hooking up together and doing this and him coming back for Hoyt and all this other stuff. Like, you don't go hang out with the Jackass guys if you don't have the same shit in common. So it's a natural mesh that I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that we never saw any more of the jackass guys in this. That kind of would have been jumping the shark for me. If we'd had an entire episode, that's that's Steve-O and Pontius and, Oh, Bam Margera. God. Um, I would watch that, but I would love to see Chris Pontius in an episode. See, I don't know. I, I think we did just fine with, with Knoxville. I, I think he, he, he can carry it. Oh, no, I agree. A thousand percent. Um, actually, 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 though, disagree. Uh, you need Manny to yeah, show up. That's Manny what Puig. we need. That's, that's what we need is Manny. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, so it's, to me, it's a charking, man. I will absolutely, I will, I seek this episode out when I do watch this season because I remember Knoxville super fondly. I remember, I remember like Bobby, I like seeing a, uh, an episode where Bobby is very high on his own supply and that at the end here, he kind of comes to a pretty natural progression of, okay, I, do, I guess I just don't want to do this anymore. And he doesn't seem crushed by it. You know, the implication is that, yeah, down the line, like you said, he's never going to be able to look back on this and be like super comfortable with it. But at the same time, there are way worse ways of, of him finding out that this is not a glorious job. At least mm-hmm. he didn't end up being the one that got thrown into the porta potty. Yeah. If it was if Dale was his dad, that's probably what would have happened. But Mark, well, you know what? If you're going to teach a lesson, then teach it that way. Then I guess don't show it secondhand. Let Bobby <laughs> get his ass whooped and thrown down a porta potty. He's 13. He's impact proof at this point. Those bones will heal a lot quicker than Peter's did. I'm 34 it's, it's, and I know I couldn't take a porta potty down a hill. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Well, Mark, uh, I say we get out of here, but I got that also important question to ask before we leave. What's that, buddy? You still love King of the Hill? Well, like King I of still, the Hill? Like love? I still like King... No, you know what? I still love King of the Hill. Um, I'm really glad that you got a Char King here in Season 10. This is two weeks that you've had a, you, Sorry. This is two weeks in a row that you had a Char King, and you know what? That on its own is is good. Yeah. This tells me that, like... I know we're looking ahead to the end of Season 10, and neither one of us is excited about it, because, yeah, it's going to suck. We know it's going to suck. We talked about how this end of this episode... This end of the season is going to suck for the last, what what is this, 190 episodes of Dangle Podcast? So, like, <laughs> yeah. 90 episodes. Like, so, yeah, it's it's that, sure. But at the same time, like, no, I still enjoyed my time here. Um, Yeah, I don't like this episode, but I still liked the episode. It was cool. Whatever, I get it. Like, 
And if I was, you know, man on the street watching it, yeah, I'd be a lot more positive. So, no, I can resoundingly say that I still love King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. And uh, like I said, I, I'm going to come back and watch this episode again. I, I happily watch it any time in my rotation. Okay. But, hey, uh, if I, in order to do that, i got to get the hell out of here. So I'm going to tell the good people where they can find us. They can find us at Dangle Podcast. We are on Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. If you want to get a hold of us on Gmail, danglepodcast at gmail.com. You want to reach out to me personally, I am Krautball on Instagram. That is Krautus and Sauerkrautball is in Swedish meatball. And uh, like, uh, like I mentioned last week, guys, I'm back in Germany. So if uh, you got some weird-ass insomnia and you need someone to talk to about King of the Hill, I'm probably awake. It's going to be great. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or, or you can find us on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. I think when this episode drops, Josh and I will have continued our series on discussing the Star Wars film franchise with our discussion of the first three prequels. So that would be um, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. It's going to be a good episode, I'm sure, because you have heard me on this podcast talk about how much I like those <laughs> movies. Um, if you want to hear me talk about other movies, though, you can truck on over to I Can't Wait to Show My Kids, a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and my buddy Brad and sometimes Johnny and soon in the future here our buddy Josh, uh, we take some we, we, we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and we watch movies that the other one loves but the other one missed and then we talk about the super important question of when can I expose this to my kids? I think this week on that show, because we're wrapping up season one there, but I believe this is our 13th episode, our 13th week, and we are watching um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was a new watch for both me and Brad. I am telling you right now, listeners, as of this recording on uh, uh, 6.13 at 7.05 in the morning, I have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I am super excited to watch it. So go check us out there, and in the meantime, yes, by all means, anything that says Dangle Podcast on it is a way to get a hold of us. Please come and tell me that I am the asshole, that, 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 that like, you were so embarrassed that your kid was the pooper scooper, or, or anything else. Tell me that I was wrong, because I do think that I came in kind of hot this week, but I also think that I was justified, but also, but also, it's good for me to get taken <laughs> down a notch or two, or maybe yeah, come to Johnny and be like, please go Johnny, tell Mark you were wrong. super mean to Mark. <laughs> Go tell me I'm wrong, but then validate Johnny because, like, I'm Peggy and I can't be wrong, and Johnny is Hank and he's just like, yeah, I know, I'm a boiled ox penis. Anyway, um, you find us there, you can find us anywhere, come talk to us, come talk to Johnny, he's got insomnia, or he's got German time and I've got insomnia, where the fuck am I? Uh, thank you for being here, thank you for letting us be a part of your day. We love, like, I would say 98.999% of you. I'm sure one of you out there listening is a shithead, but I don't know about it, so don't change my mind. Uh, Johnny, thank you, buddy. And yeah. Thank you, Bark. And thank you all for listening. We will see you next weekend. <laughs>